Blog Talk Radio.
for most mothers, this is a day where you are celebrated, you are honored, and given gifts, cards, maybe somebody is cooking dinner for you, or lunch, or breakfast, or perhaps even taking you out for a special meal in celebration of the tremendous 24-7 care you offer to your children and your family, your loved ones. Yet for some mothers, perhaps a child or children of yours are estranged from you. For whatever the reason, and instead of it being a joyous day of blessing and appreciation, there is remorse, sadness, and even some tears of grief. No matter what your circumstances today, dear mother, please know that there is always healing comfort and forgiveness when necessary in Christ Jesus. So let every mother rejoice today. In tonight's broadcast, we're going to endeavor to complete Whose Report Will You Believe? Part 3. But before we do, allow me to just uh, open up with a word of prayer. God, in the wonderful name of your Son, Jesus, Heavenly Father, we come. We thank you for another opportunity to break the precious bread of life, the Word of God that is so tremendous. It can cut us where we need uh, to be cut, but it can always heal us where we need to be healed. We thank you that there is nothing in this entire world like the Word of God. It brings us life and blessing. It teaches us how to live our lives. I know that in English, many of us look at the word Bible, and we use those five letters as an acronym. Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. And so we thank you for the Holy Bible. We thank you for the basic instructions that you have given us before we leave this earth so that we might live a life pleasing and acceptable to you, one that is in alignment with your will and your destiny and your purpose for us. We pray, O God, that you would anoint your handmaiden, myself as your servant. I I stand here just humbly before you, Lord God. Without you, I am nothing. But Lord, as I... Yield my vessel to you. You can use me and you can glorify yourself in and through me. We pray that in the next remaining minutes that we have in this hour, that you, God, will help us to give a wonderful response to that question that we get every day of our life. Whose report are we going to believe? We pray, O oh God, that we will always believe your report over and above any and everybody else's. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I'd like to give a brief recap of the first two messages. Part one dealt a lot with Adam and Eve and the sad fact that though they were living the freest type of life ever known to humankind, they chose to listen to a serpent who was a created being as they were. Only the serpent was far inferior to Adam and Eve since they were made after the image of and likeness of God. But this serpent was much lower than them. We saw that disobeying God was one very regrettable act which they chose to do. However, not only did they disobey God, 
but by them choosing to listen to the serpent instead of God, they honored and respected the word of the serpent over and above the word or the instruction of God. The first man and woman chose to listen to a created being instead of heeding and listening to the only one who created both of them and every living creature. We also learned in part one of our series, Whose Report Will You Believe?, that God has already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. I spoke of how the serpent in the garden, the enemy, the devil, still uses the same old trick to lure and deceive people. Even though most of us know the story of Adam and Eve, yet we still fall for the same deception. Basically, God tells us one thing, and the devil comes with a totally opposing, contradictory story to what God said. We spoke of how the deceiver often takes what God said, same words or similar words, and then twists and contorts them to suit his false narrative. Still, instead of humanity learning after thousands of years, we somehow still fall prey to the evil schemes and devices of the enemy. Last week, in part two, of whose report do you believe? We looked more deeply into Isaiah 53, and the prophecy given by the prophet Isaiah roughly 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus. We learned from the prophet that Jesus was not of any special looks or stature, that people would be infatuated with his physical uh, appearance. Isaiah even said emphatically that and I'm quoting now, he has no stately form or majesty that we would look at him, nor any appearance that we would take pleasure in him. Yet, on the other hand, we know that there is no one as beautiful as Jesus was, and still is. But his beauty is only discerned by those who are interested in seeking what is pure and good. Such people are not being led or convinced by their carnal flesh and the lust of their eyes, nor the desire for that which is worldly and base. We considered how even King David's own father and his own brothers never considered him to be the king of all Israel because they were looking at the outward appearance. He was young. Uh, he was you know, according to them, not as experienced. And God told the prophet Samuel of old, and these are the words that the Lord said in the word of God, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. We studied how despite the people rejecting the Messiah, he was the only one whose guiltless and blameless blood was able to be shed on the cross to forgive the sins 
of all humanity. If and when a man or woman, boy or girl, is willing to receive the great undeserved gift of salvation, which only the one who created us can give. So I've just given you, in a nutshell, what we studied over the past two weeks. Part one, talking about how uh, Adam and Eve were greatly deceived by the enemy and how they made a tragic mistake of even entertaining him, listening to him, giving him time. In part two, we talked about Jesus Christ being our Messiah, even though it was prophesied over 700 years before he actually came to the earth. But God showed the prophet Isaiah what Jesus the Messiah would be doing. And that how even though men and women would not look at him and desire him in the natural, he was the only one that was capable of shedding his innocent blood so that you and I can be saved, can be forgiven of our sins and have a right to come to the Father. Not in our own worthiness, because none of us are worthy, but only because of the sacrifice that was given through Jesus Christ. So if you would like to hear those messages, you can always go back to Reaching Out Radio online and hear those first two messages. Tonight, we're going to look at the third installment of Whose Report Will You Believe? And we're going to take a look at where we are in 2021 and in this entire 21st century that we live in in our world. I believe if we're to be very honest, many things in life, and specifically the culture in which we live in, it has changed and changed drastically. Previously, we mentioned how in American uh, culture, a woman by the name of Madeline Murray O'Hare, she changed the culture by demanding that prayer be removed from the entire American public school system. So presently, instead of each school day beginning with Bible reading, like how it was when I was a little girl, and prayer, most of the public schools in America have the students line up to go through a metal detector to be checked for weapons or anything which can be used to assault or hurt someone. Elementary school children are now being taught that they can change their, their gender that they were born with. They're, they're being lied to and told that you don't have to be quote-unquote trapped or stay confined to the gender that you were born with. Innocent children are now being presented with the strange and perverse right, quote-unquote, in their classrooms, that they can just be whatever they so imagine to be. In most of the major American primary, or as um, we say here in, in the United States, we call them elementary schools, the teachers are now inviting drag queens, men dressed as women, to read to children as young as those in the first grade. So we're talking about age six, and even kindergarten, age four and five, and pre-K, ages three, and indoctrinate them in the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, uh, 
intersexual, uh, asexual plus agenda, LGBTQIA plus agenda. America's public broadcasting system now has these drag queens reading during story hour to toddlers. So now we're talking two and three. And if you go to their own website, they proudly and brazenly state that Drag Queen Story Hour is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides a range of fun and fabulous educational experiences for children and teens from age three to 18 years old in libraries, schools, museums, and community spaces. I know even a few churches have opened their doors for drag queens to come and, and, and read to young children. This is going on in all uh, of the major cities within America. And sad to say, it's not just America. It's some of the other progressive, and I say that in quotation, cities around the world. That's correct. You heard right. They're targeting toddlers from three years of age to indoctrinate. So whose report are you and I going to believe, my friends? God's or the people who run and operate a drag queen story hour? Who should be raising and influencing your children? You or the drag queen, a man suffering from gender dysphoria? who is confused about who God ordained him to be and who God made him to be. Should he be influencing your children? Or should you as parents be raising and teaching your children about what is right in this world? God gave the responsibility of raising children primarily to their parents, not a drag queen whom they may never again see or who is not personally invested or interested in the, chil the child's well-being. They don't even know your child. The drag queen's job is to promote his agenda, which is training the child or children in perversion. No wonder the Lord commanded Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. For in the day that you do so, you shall surely die. We're talking about dying spiritually first. In many European nations, Australia, Canada, and America, we now have a few of the major cities in these nations doing away with gender bathroom. And even some have gone as far as to forbid having little children line up, divided as girls. You know, the girls' line is over here and the boys' line is over there. Now many of these progressive schools are doing away with those boys' lines and girls' lines. We're living in a day when marriage between one man and one woman is looked down upon. It's ridiculed as being outdated and even chauvinistic. Children are now being taught that they can have two mommies or, or, or two daddies. They're being told that this is a normal family, just as normal as as, as, as one family with a daddy and a mommy per child. Today's society is teaching children things that are contrary to God's way and God's law. Let me say clearly that if a child is instructed that she or he 
can consider changing their gender at any time or depending on how they feel at any particular moment or day, that child is left totally confused. If a person does not know who or what they are, the devil has them. He's got them. End of story. If you have males dressing as females and females dressing as males, the little vulnerable child is caught in an environment of total confusion and has no chance of even being able to enjoy their childhood. Well, whose report will you believe in 2021? A person bent on pushing an agenda that destroys and kills a child's mind, emotions, physical and psychological well-being, destroying their destiny, their future, etc., etc. God, through the prophet Jeremiah, tells us what his will is for every single child and every single adult. He tells us this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. These are the plans God, the creator God has for the people he has created. His desire is not to hurt or harm. As so many people who dare to speak on his behalf try to make people think. They make people think that God is out to get you. He's not out to harm you and get you and find you doing something bad and then, bam, he's going to destroy you. No. Jesus told us in the New Testament, John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, the same one that spoke to Eve in the garden, the serpent, the devil, Satan, the thief comes only to steal, to steal, to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, have it in abundance. That's taken from John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, come that they may have life and have it to the full. I think that this is one verse that needs to be forever embedded in the mind and hearts of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl on planet Earth. God's intentions and his heart for us is good. Can I say that again? God's intentions and his heart for us is good. The devil's desire and plan for us is evil. This is the bottom line. This is the truth. So whose report are you going to believe? In so many accounts in scripture we find two opposing and conflicting narratives. Always remember that. One, a, 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 a narrative is a spoken or written account of connected events, a story. Again, the example of the story in Genesis chapter 3, when Eve entangles herself in a conversation with the devil. Now, it's one of the key issues I mentioned in part one of this teaching, is that Eve should have never engaged 
or paid the serpent any attention in the first place. He was not even one of her species. He was a serpent in the reptile species, while she was a human being and created after God's image and God's likeness. I want to just stop right here and say, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you should not be listening to what the world says. Because now you are a different, can I say, quote-unquote, species. Not that you're better than other human beings or I am better than another human being. Absolutely not. We're all human beings together. However, those of us that have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we belong to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. That's another thing I would like to teach you about in another lesson. We belong to God's kingdom. So we have no business listening to people that are not a part of God's kingdom. Do not follow God. Follow his ways. Follow his desires. No. And so she, Eve, should have never listened to not only was the serpent not another human being, he was a reptile. The question of today is when it comes to the world, and worldly corrupt, listen to this, worldly corrupt, quote unquote, wisdom, because it's not true wisdom. It's the wisdom of the world, and that's not true wisdom, versus God and his divine and infallible wisdom, whose report in 2021 are you going to believe? See, that's the question. Remember, who is the God, and I say this with a small g, of this world? Are you going to believe the enemy? Are you going to believe God with a big G, the God who created us? His, are you going to believe his divine and infallible wisdom? Are you going to rely on and have confidence and stake your life upon him and what he says? Or are you going to listen to the world that is led by the father of this world, the God of this world, small g? That's the devil. Whoever the God, however, God who reigns supreme. Now I'm talking about the true and the living God with a big G. God who reigns supreme and the one who created you is the one whose report we all should be listening to. All of us. The end game of Satan is to destroy you, destroy me. While the purpose of God, our Heavenly Father, He desires to do us good and not harm. Amen. Let us bring as I promised us to this present global pandemic. I'm not going to go deeply in, in this message about COVID and the global push for every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet to be injected with an experimental injection. However, I will ask you to consider, just consider, 
a couple of things. Why is a virus which the Center for Disease Control, CDC, claims has a recovery rate, and that means that if you were to contract the coronavirus, and if you're from age 0 to 19 years of age, you have a 99.99997% chance of recovery. Let me say that again. If you contract COVID and your age is, you're born, you're newborn till the age of 19, you have a 99.99% chance of recovering. If you're from the ages of 20 to age 49, you have a 99.98% of recovering from that bout of COVID. If you're from the ages of 50 to 69, there is a 99.5% recovery rate from that virus. If your age is 70 plus, so 70 into your 90s, into 100, you have 94%, 94.6% of recovery. Then, whatever happened to medication? For instance, when you get a bad flu, there is usually, you're usually put on antibiotics or some other type of, of medication. Whatever happened to treating the virus, the coronavirus, with hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin and uh, the vitamins D3, zinc, vitamin C, et cetera, et cetera. Why does this particular virus necessitate churches being closed? Compare the coronavirus with the Ebola virus that happened several years ago. Now, the average Ebola survival rate, according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, is about 50%. And according to the World Health Organization, who... WHO, it varies greatly because of the different medical resources available uh, in different patients and around the world. But in past outbreaks, even the Ebola virus, the fatality rate ranged from 25% to as high as 90%. So then, if 50% of the population, the average Ebola survival rate was 50%, half of the population. Why did we not shut the entire world down during the Ebola outbreak? There's no global demand nor outcry for a vaccine against Ebola, nor was there a demand for a global vaccination passport when we had the Ebola outbreak. Neighbors, co-workers, church, brothers and sisters were not judging nor separating themselves dependent on whether or not one was vaccinated. Please, ladies and gentlemen, everybody listening to this, do your own research. Even though I realize that doing legitimate research on the Internet is becoming harder with every passing day due to all of this censorship by major news agencies and social media. Keep in mind that if you're listening to the government as your first and only reliable source of information, then remember well 
that this is the very same government, whether it's in America or it's in Australia or if it's a European nation or an Asian nation or a South American nation or in Canada or wherever. Remember that the very same government is the one that says it's okay for a baby to be slaughtered in their mother's womb. If your country allows abortion, that, that means that your government is okay with the taking of human life in the womb. And so that's the very same government that, that promotes abominable pride marches in the streets where their children present. Keep in mind that, that while an ungodly government glorifies and exalts pride, God condemns pride. He actually states in James chapter 4, verse 6, God is opposed, opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So whose report are you and I going to believe? Proverbs 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. So I'm asking you, ladies and gentlemen, in 2021, where we have pride marches, exalting perversity in our main streets, glorifying things which God abhors, whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to say that again, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Well, most of the world has experienced some kind of a shutdown. Who do you think allowed the shutdown? Yes, the global governments dictated shutdowns, but, but guess what? The global governments can't do anything unless God allowed it. He allowed the shutdown. He allowed for churches to be closed. He allowed for schools to be shut. He allowed for, for jobs to cease and people to be shut in. Why? Because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Most of the world that I know across the globe has been defying a holy God, thinking that there would be no consequence to us flaunting sin before his holy eyes. First John chapter 2 verses 15 through 17 says it like this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the, and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. What does God's word say about the government? Period. I'll tell you. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus is again prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. For to us a child is born. Hallelujah. 
to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace the Bible tells us that Abraham in Romans chapter 4 verses 20 and 21 he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had, pro- had the power to do what he had promised what did God promise Abraham, and whose government was Abraham under? Whose government was he aligned with? Whose government was Abraham following? And whose government did he pledge his allegiance to? It was not a carnal government, but it was under the government of a holy God. Because God had promised Abraham, who was a man well odd in years, he was actually about a hundred years old when he fathered Isaac. Can you imagine that? And his wife was well in her 90s, or at least 90 years of age, when she gave birth to Isaac. But see, now Abraham believed God. And he did not waver through unbelief regarding God's promise to him. That's another story. I'd love to share that with you, but at another time. So, uh, are we going to believe God and his government? Now, I'm not telling you, neither does the word of God. The word of God tells us that we should obey earthly governments. As long, and this this is the condition, as long as those governments... Obey God. Whenever your government tells you to disobey God, that's the only time that God will honor any kind of disobedience towards a worldly government. Number 13, we have the story of the ten spies at the time of of, um, Moses. And ten spies gave Moses a bad report because Moses sent out these ten spies And he told them to go and survey the land that God promised to them, which was Canaan. He sent out 12 spies, actually. 12 spies he sent out to go and see how the land was and then come back and give him a report. So, those 12 spies did exactly what their commander-in-chief Moses told them to do. They went out, they came back, and they gave Moses their report. But 10 spies gave a bad report. And only two, Joshua and Caleb, gave Moses and the people a good report. Now, unfortunately, the people chose to listen to the bad report of the ten spies instead of listening to the good report of the two spies. So unfortunate. Again, whose report are you going to believe? The ten spies told them that it was a wonderful land. Canaan was flowing with milk and honey. But they had big giants and they were afraid that they were going to be killed if they were going to go in and possess the land. 
while Joshua and Caleb saw the same giants, but they also saw the same bountiful land flowing with milk and honey. And they said, of course, we should go in and we should take the land because God promised us the land. So, because God promised us the land, God will be with us and he will give us victory over our enemies. Unfortunately, the foolish people of Israel, they decided to go with the bad report of the ten spies. And because of that, they wandered in the desert wilderness for 40 long, hard years. Because they rather had believed the report of the ten spies that contradicted what God said. Instead of listening to Joshua and Caleb. When they agreed with God and proclaimed that we should go up and take the land God promised. Instead, the people believed the ten who gave them bad reports. Wandered for these 40 long years. Until all those who doubted God passed away. They died. Because God said, I will not allow any of these doubting people to enter the land of Canaan. So God waited until these those 40 long years passed by an entire generation and only the children of the doubters were able to enter the promised land. What you and I do and the decision we make, it not only affects us, but it affects our children and our children's children and anyone and all that we have impact and influence with. Israel did not possess God's promise until all Israel rest from their wars. So from Numbers 13, you don't see that Israel possesses Canaan until all the wars had ceased in Joshua chapter 11. This question about whose report will you believe, it's very important. Imagine all the children of these doubting uh, Israelites, they had to wander in the desert with their parents, their doubting parents. It wasn't just those that doubted. It wasn't just those that rejected God's word and rejected God's report. It was all the people that, that were connected to them. And even the people that did believe God's report, Joshua and Caleb and their families, and even Moses and his immediate family, they were... They were bound to be with all Israel and prevented from going in and possessing the land. They could not inherit what God had given them earlier because of the doubting majority. How sad is that? This whole situation about whose report are you going to believe is so critical. It's so critical. It does not just impact your own life, but it impacts those around you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, in verses 19 and 20, this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture. I love the entire Word of God. However, this, this, these two verses are so clear it's so clear that there, there, there are no gray areas with God. It's either you trust God and believe God 
and prosper and live, or you doubt God, you reject what God says, and you wind up dying. So here let me read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 to 20. This day I will call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. And God is so good that he literally chooses, he tells us what to choose. How do you like that? How many of you listening have ever played the game where you put something in your two fists and you close your fist and then you put your, your two closed fists behind your back and, and, and you ask the person in front of you or the people in front of you as you extend your hands back and you say, choose which fist do I have something in? And then it's up to them to choose one of your two closed fists. Now you only have the coin or whatever you're holding in one hand. The other hand does not have it. It's empty. And so God says something even greater than that in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 19 and 20. He calls down heaven and he he speaks to earth which is below the heavens, as great witnesses against you, against me, and then compared to him. He said, I use heaven. I'm calling heaven and earth to be my witnesses against you and me. I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessings and cursings. Now look at the next verse. I love this. God says, He doesn't tell you to just choose and pick from any hand. Because He loves you. He is telling you what choice to make. He says, choose life. So that you and your children may live. He tells you to choose life and then He tells you why you should choose life. How much clearer can he get? He tells you choose life. He tells you why you should choose life. Choose life over death. Choose blessings over cursings so that you and your children may live. That you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. Wow. God is your life. Whose report are you going to believe? I remember in the first uh, teaching about whose report will you believe, we talked about some people in the Word of God that chose to believe God over the report of what the devil or the world was saying. And you and I have to be like that in this world right now. 
We're, we're faced with many different things. Are we going to believe what God says? Or are we going to believe what the world is telling us? Remember, like I said in the very first lesson, God has given us, for all of us that have chosen to trust God and believe in God and, and live according to his kingdom, he said he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. I want to quote again in this closing message of whose report will you believe from first, I mean second Peter, forgive me, second Peter, the second epistle of Peter, chapter one, verses two and three, grace and peace. Don't we need grace and peace in the 21st century? Oh my goodness. Grace and peace, not just be given to you, but the word of God says, be multiplied. So in abundant measure, God wants you and he wants me to experience his grace, his unmerited favor. He wants us to experience his peace and he wants us to experience in, 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 in multiplicity of ways, in multiplied ways to you in the knowledge. He wants us to know deep down in our knower. <laughs> We use this expression in America. It just means to really know and not have any doubt. He wants us to know in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power, not our own fleshly power, but His divine power, His dunamis power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that he spoke and Lazarus came out from the grave after he was there for four days. That same divine power has been granted to us, has been given to us, and he has given us in that power everything that pertains to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and his excellence. Now, how can you and I experience God's divine power? We have to be willing to acknowledge that on our own, we have failed God. We have done things that are not pleasing to God. We have disobeyed God. We have offended God. Before we came to know Jesus as our Savior, we were living life the way we wanted to live life. But, or the way that the world tells us that we should live our lives. Or the way the world is telling innocent little boys and girls right now, you don't have to be who God made you to be. Because you know better than God. Remember, that was the problem that God that got Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. Why? Because the serpent told them a lie. He said that the day that you eat from the forbidden tree that God told you not to eat from, that's the day that your eyes are going to be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
Wow. Well, they soon found out that they could never be like God. They could never be God. And they were thrown out of the garden because of their disobedience towards God. They chose to obey and follow the words of the serpent rather than obey and follow the words of their creator, God. How foolish and twisted is that? I don't care how good sounding something, you know, is to your ears. Sounds so good. Sounds so nice. Sounds pleasing. I don't care how nice it looks to the eyes. Can you imagine? Just imagine for a moment, if you will, even though none of us have ever been in the Garden of Eden. But can you just imagine the most phenomenal looking fruits, the most luscious looking fruits, leaves, green, the perfect color of green, with a tinge of, of dew on the leaves, so inviting, so abundant, nothing spares, everything luxurious, everything full and thick in the garden, not stony, but, but, but like a carpet to walk on for Adam and Eve, everything just beautiful. But, but who created all of that? It was not the serpent. He was a created being. See, this is what the enemy does. He comes, he puts on an appearance of something looking so good and inviting. But the devil is a liar, as Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10. He's a thief. He's a liar. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to rob. He comes to destroy. It's only God who comes to give life and that in abundance. And that's what Jesus came to give. So even in 2021, when you're told, take this and do that and you'll be fine. I want you to think, who is offering you this? Who is pushing this are is this the people that are out for your best good think really well the people that are removing the word of god or the mention of his holy name from your governments and in some government even pushing People in jail because you choose to honor the word of God. Is this the government that you're going to listen to when they're pushing something else down your throat? When they're telling you something else morning, noon, and night? When they're claiming for something to be safe and effective, yet that safe and effective has not been approved has not been even licensed 
by the FDA because it has not yet passed the test. How can you pass and push something that has not been federally approved, that has not yet received a license? People listen. No matter what it is, it doesn't have to be something medical or something that's pretending to be medical. Wake up. Look at the world that you're living in. We're living in a world where I can speak in my home and you can hear what I'm saying around the world. That's the kind of technology that we have in our present system. I can write something here in America and my spiritual daughter can see what I wrote to her in seconds. She receives that text. Or one of my spiritual children in Asia or Africa receives that text. That's the world that you and I are living in. We live in a technological world. And that same technology can be placed in our bodies. Hello? The same way you can track and trace your child by their cell phone, you and I can be tracked and traced. When we have certain things inside of us. Whose report are you going to believe? It is time for us to do what God told us to do in the Word of God found in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 20, choose life so that you and your seed may live. And that life is not found in an injection. That life is not found by government handouts. That life is not found in the world. That life is only found in Jesus Christ. He is life. He said, no man can come to the Father but by me, meaning Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Won't you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ today? And if you've already given him your life, then make sure that you're following him, not the world, but Jesus. In closing, I want to wish every mother listening to the sound of my voice a phenomenal, happy Mother's Day, knowing that Jesus loves you, Jesus cares for you, and yes, you can raise your children when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you until we meet again next time.
This is your Sister Pearl in Reaching Out Radio. In the Word with Sister Pearl. God bless you. Have a phenomenal, happy Mother's Day. Bye-bye.